Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Go Beyond Numbers. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we have our star in Mr. Tony Rose jumping aboard. He'll be joining us, and we're going to dive into a really interesting conversation here today, a really timely topic, if you will, as well. Really, the gist of today's episode, some of the do's, some of the don'ts, and really some of the biggest things that you want to be considering for the upcoming tax filing season. Tony, obviously, with Rose Snyder and Jacobs, very well-versed in this world so we're dipping into his expertise today to get some insights into this world and like i said some of those considerations for you and yours uh as well as perhaps your business in the upcoming tax season so with that being said let's go ahead and get tony out here tony it is good to see you this morning how are you doing sir nice to see you ryan it's been a while since it's just been one-on-one with you and and myself uh so that'll be fun to spend a little time just alone time between you and i (laughs) and the listeners Exactly, exactly. The guests have been stealing you away from me. Um, But hey, so we've got a a good topic, a topic obviously you are just knee deep in every day. I want to kind of open it up really from a high level before we maybe get into the weeds of today's conversation a bit. But you were just mentioning to me before we press the record button today that you read an interesting article kind of really apropos for today's conversation. Why don't we bat lead off with that? Uh, You know, tell us about this article and you know, just how timely it is, in fact. Yeah, and 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 I th- and I think we it, it it is really important for the people that are filing their taxes uh, that read all this stuff on on uh, or hear things on TV uh, to think about what's going on with the IRS. There certainly has been a lot of controversy. Uh, recent tax bill funded the IRS for an additional $80 billion Wow! wow. for, I don't know how many, I, th- I think it was like 80,000 to get 80,000 additional agents. Um, and no matter on what side of the aisle, uh, the, the, those additional agents mean more audits, uh, but it also could mean something uh, that would be beneficial that we need to have from the IRS and 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 that is better customer service. And in this article that I happened to read at 5 a.m. this morning here on the West Coast, the the uh, uh, a, a journalist by the name of Naomi Jagoda wrote an article about what was going on with the IRS and filing season. That it was announced this week that filing season officially starts on January 23rd. That means that if you have a refund coming to you and you can get your taxes prepared, it's time to get that done, get it done. Now, the other thing that she talked about in the article was really the state of what's going on with the IRS. And I think there was some really, really interesting things that I read, I sort of knew, and it was wonderful for her to crystallize it for me, and I'd like to share it with uh, those of you that are listening. Um, So one, there was this $80 billion of additional funds. What's happening and what has happened since the beginning of the pandemic, for sure, is that there's been a a, a pileup of tax returns at the IRS that need processing. Some of them are returns that could not be processed electronically. Some of them are amended returns that needed hand handling. And there are a significant amount of piled up paper at the IRS. And the 
IRS is going to uh, have to work through it. This is going to be the first year where theoretically there's not an extension to the tax season because of the pandemic and also uh, in the year before that, a, a technical glitch, the tax season has actually been elongated. And, and that has been really good for taxpayers to give them a break to have the extra time they needed. But at the same time, it's been additional time for people to procrastinate about getting their taxes done. And who of you that are listening do not procrastinate just a little bit about taxes. I think you, I know me, I kind of procrastinate about my taxes and maybe also going to the dentist. Um, <laughs> the the uh, So the IRS's budget, according to Ms. Jagoda, has actually decreased by 18.5% in the period between 2010 and 2021. So that means that um, the workforce is nearly 13% smaller, according to the IRS's most recent data book, as disclosed in her article. Um, If you've ever had to call the IRS, it's a daunting tax. Have you ever tried that, Ryan? You know, I have, Tony. There was a few years uh, way back when when I had shifted over from being, you know, your standard W-2 uh, and became an independent contractor, and I had a few just logistical questions. And boy, was that just too tall of an order, apparently, to to get somebody on the phone and get those questions answered. And I remember a long hold. Uh, I remember some... Uh, uh, just vague conversation and and not a whole lot of value that came out of it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that has happened. Um, unfortunately, last year, I believe the statistic was only ten to fifteen percent of phone calls were actually answered. Man, oh, and now, well, and there you have it. For that thirteen percent less in terms of their workforce, now maybe that that number makes a little more sense now. Yes. Now, Jeez. but that's disgusting. Right. That's disgusting because you're actually calling them so you can pay the government money. Mm-hmm. And and the, n- none of us wants to file a fraudulent tax return. So not to have staff available to ask a question so you can calculate your correct tax is actually encouraging lack of compliance. And in our tax system... It's principled on a concept called voluntary compliance. There is no one that is calling you in saying, show up to a certain office on April 15th with your checkbook and write us a check. They give, they're giving us a period this year between January 23rd to April 17th. And in a minute, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Because if you're on the West Coast, particularly in the state of California, you actually have a longer time than that hmm. Interesting. because of the storms. Um, the Treasury Department announced that they were going to hire and have hired 5,000 additional people. We're it's still waiting right on direction. hold a long time. Sure. Um <laughs> Uh, but but one would expect that this filing season 
that um, that there should be better response time. Now, Janet, now Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, announced that their goal is to have an 85% response. Hmm. And I'm assuming that 10 or 15% last year were people that called in and then gave up and hung up. Right. Right. right? So, so, um, so they're going for 85%. That would be really nice outcome if that happens. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, that you might know, most people don't know, is that there's a special telephone number for tax practitioners. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> if there was a quick little way for you to get a, a real response quickly. It's called the tax practitioner's priority line. Mm-hmm. And so there's special phone numbers that we have. The problem is, is that you can be on hold for an hour, an hour and a half to two hours on the tax practitioner's priority telephone line. They don't have the facility to call you back. You know, there's some uh, customer service operations that say, you know, we'll call you back at this phone number. You don't have mm-hmm. to stay on hold. We'll call you back. IRS doesn't have that. Jeez. Oh, man. Because I really think I really think their software must date back to the 80s. I'm sure it does. And and the infrastructure replacement would cause Lord knows how long uh, for them to be able to implement that. Well, so, so that would be great. Um, we used to have a process where we could actually get on the phone with them in two or three minutes. And, mm-hmm. and we had facilities to fax them powers of attorneys that would enable us to talk on behalf of a taxpayer and, mm-hmm. and then really work out problems that would take months and months and months before to get corrected. And I think you remember we had our talk with uh, Jessica of mm-hmm. our team where we were talking about tax resolution. That's right. Um, and Jessica had shared a lot of a lot of helpful insight in that episode. So a note for the audience, you know, yes. if, if you're interested in that tax resolution conversation, you know, search back in time here, you know, on whichever podcasting platform you prefer and, and you know, give that episode a spin. Uh, but but Tony, as we're we're looking ahead to this upcoming tax filing season, I think a big just point of conversation or, you know, that's that comes to the forefront of, I think, anybody's mind is, okay, what's changed? Is there anything that they should really be considering? So my question to you is, uh, are, are, are there any upcoming changes on the horizon with regard to tax law that might impact the, the average Joe or might impact the business owner? Anything that is noteworthy enough to bring up today? There's a, Well, I think there's a couple of things that bring to mind. And Naomi Jagoda uh, mentions it in her article. Uh, the tax credits that were baked into the pandemic relief have have all expired. Now, some of you that might have businesses that had employees and had dislocations or shutdown are still qualified to file amended payroll tax returns to use something called the ERC, the, the employee retention credits. And 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 so that's something that if you own a business and had employees and were impacted by the pandemic and you haven't taken advantage of it yet, that that you might want to look into with your tax professional um, and, and their special companies that, that are tax credit companies. They take a percentage, generally somewhere between 15 and 30% of the 
amount of money they get back from the IRS, but they can do that. The, the, there is a window closing um, for the, uh, I believe it's the second quarter uh, payroll taxes for 2020 at the, at, 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 uh, on July 31st. So you really want to pay attention to that. So that's number one. The other, and there's not going to be these credits, the dependent care credits and stuff like that, that came to you, these automatic checks that, that are just kind of the uh, common tax filers. There's also going to be the expiration in two years of the 2017 tax reform. So things like the qualified business income tax credit, or not tax credit, deduction, which is 20% of most businesses' income. Some businesses don't get entitled to it. Those are going to be gone. Uh, the estate, Some of the estate planning opportunities that were baked into the 2017 law are going to expire. Tax rates are, the maximum tax rate is going to go from 37% to 39.6 in 2026, unless there's some kind of reform. Now, because Congress is split, I would not expect there to be any kind of major tax reform unless it's it's um, some kind of tax on the wealthy that the Republicans have to throw on the table to get some of their other programs uh, created. Now, the Republicans have, have promised not to vote for something like that in, in, a, in a Republican-controlled Congress. But you can never know. Uh, there's also going to be probably regulations and rules set by the IRS that we'll have to be watching. And if there's anything really notable in our podcast, I'll try to bring them up at that time. Sure. Um, the other thing has to do with cryptocurrency. Are you familiar with cryptocurrency? Uh, not too much, Tony, but enlighten me a little. Okay, so so there's these things called cryptocurrency, which uh, most notable and what many people have heard of is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And there's other kinds of coins out there. Right. And 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 that theoretically is using a a, a technique called a blockchain, which is supposed to call uh, create accurate verification and an impossibility of counterfeiting or stealing. Um, although there's some there's some cryptocurrency companies that have been hacked and people have stolen wallets of cryptocurrency. Now cryptocurrency was declared, I believe in 2015 as property by the IRS in a rule. No one knew exactly what cryptocurrency was. And basically what you can do is trade it. Cryptocurrency goes up and down. Bitcoin was as high as I think 65,000 or in that neighborhood. It went down. I don't even know. In fact, I should look. I'm going to look right now. Hold on, Ryan. All right. Let's see it. (laughs) Everyone take a sip of coffee. Let's see what Bitcoin is today. I'm seeing on a a quick Google search here, Tony. That'd be good. um, one oh, Bitcoin as of today, right around uh, twenty one thousand dollars. Twenty one thousand two forty. Two forty. Okay. Have. All right. There you go. And then and then, okay. So so Bitcoin's now one Bitcoin's twenty one thousand two forty. When I was starting to look at Bitcoin, it was twenty five cents. 
Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of, lot of inflation. There's people that have traded back and forth in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. Then the problem with that is every time you acquire and dispose of a Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency, it is considered a taxable transaction. So people that have gone in and out and in and out, or let's say they have taken their Bitcoin, they bought it at 20,000 and it went up to 30,000 and they bought a car with a Bitcoin, with one Bitcoin for $30,000. That's considered a taxable transaction. And the gain that you have on that Bitcoin is $10,000. And the IRS is expecting you to report that on your return. Hmm. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to get in a lot of trouble for not reporting income from their transactions in cryptocurrency. Very interesting. You should not try to do this yourself. You need to hire a tax preparer to help you with this. And there are tax preparers, by the way, not me. There are tax preparers that specialize in figuring out how to do this correctly. You know, Tony, this is a beautiful segue into what was going to be my next question. And that is, if you could walk through this, I mean, this is such a complicated tax world that we live in. I mean, take the cryptocurrency example that you just mentioned to us and how many people, right, are not going to be listing that on their on their tax returns this year, let alone years to come. So one, one well, more thing before you yeah. move from that. Yeah. There is a question on the 2023 tax return that says, do you own or have you dealt in crypto? currencies. You have to answer this, yes or no. If you answer it no, and you have, you have now perjured yourself, and you sign your tax return under the penalty of perjury. And so that is not a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now go ahead and ask your other Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, given given the penalty of perjury then at stake, walk us through what some of just those overarching primary benefits are of somebody leaning on a tax professional, not only for maybe their personal income, their personal returns, but let's also talk about the flip side and for, for the business owners out there leaning on a tax professional to help them navigate this complex world. If you are a wage earner and maybe have a house and that's pretty much the extent of your, maybe some small savings account, something like that, go ahead and file using TurboTax. That's absolutely not a problem. If you start having sophistication, if you are a business owner, maybe you have some rentals and things like that, It is theoretically possible if you read the instructions to file a relatively correct tax return. My question is, what's the highest and best use of your time? And if the highest and best use of your time is to file a tax return, go ahead and do it. It's fine. The problem is that there is now so many laws, so many nuances, 
so many documentation requirements, so much, even on how to report your automobile use, that having a tax preparer that is a little more sophisticated is probably a worthy thing to do. Um, it kind of depends on how much you can afford and how much you want to spend. Mm -hmm. We are certainly not the least cost option in filing a tax return, except that we spend a, a, a great deal of time trying to keep up and trying to be aware of the pitfalls in, in, in uh, uh, people's tax returns. So we certainly do some wage earners with W-2s and not, not much else. And, and they have us for other reasons. I I'd like to differentiate a tax preparer whose only purpose is to prepare a tax return from having an accountant advisor. If you recall, this podcast is called Go Beyond Numbers. And, and I believe people's tax returns are an expression of their lives. They're an expression of their happiness, and they might be an expression of their sadness. I just had a communication from a client this morning who got a notification from their state that their 2019 itemized deductions look very high. And they should reevaluate and make sure they were not misstating their itemized deductions. It was kind of a really nifty way for, uh, for, for that state to chum for more money. Yeah, absolutely. And in that, indeed, in that year in 2019, that particular taxpayer had mammoth medical expenses. And when you have mammoth expenses over a certain amount, you get to take a deduction for those medical expenses against your taxes. So when I look at tax, tax return, I didn't say, oh, good, he had a lot of medical expenses, he reduced his taxes. I thought, this is a poor soul that's had some really huge health difficulties. And that mm -hmm. made me feel sad because mm -hmm. he's a really good guy. Mm -hmm. So you you end up, you should end up looking for, if you want that kind of go going beyond the numbers and talking about how to be happy in life, you want to find a, a per a, a, an accountant that can prepare taxes competently, but also care about you and love you. Mm -hmm. And and um and 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 to me, that's what makes the practice of accountancy meaningful. Sure, sure. And you know, Tony, you know, I, I see it. I see it on the backdrop behind you. You know, Rose Snyder's and Jacobs, accountants and advisors. I mean, they are you're truly an advisor. And we've talked about that on past episodes. There's a lot of value in having, you know, your accountant also work as an advisor. So, so I'll I'll give you another example. And and people listening to this might think I'm wrong. But I want to tell you about what's happened in California. We've just finished a period of, of 10 consecutive rainstorms. 
I think they call it an at atmospheric cyclone. And, and, and these are successive rainstorms coming into the California area and in um, all over up and down the state of California, there's been massive flooding and a, a lot of difficulties. So uh, Governor Newsom declared California a disaster area, uh, a wanted federal relief, which which President Biden granted, and and the the consequence of that is that the IRS declared that any tax thing you had to do from January eight on could be delayed until May 15th. So that means that, uh, in fact, today, uh, today, fourth quarter estimated tax payments are due. But if you're in most of the counties in California, and the counties are enumerated, you can look on, on, on websites and look it up on, on your own to say if you could delay, you have the opportunity to delay your payment of your fourth quarter estimate until May 15th. Generally, in April, you're supposed to make a first quarter estimate. But because we're in this federally declared disaster area, you can delay your first quarter 2023 estimated tax payment until May 15th. What does that mean? Well, if you have your money working for you at a bank, and I know some banks now are paying CD rates of 4%. By holding your money, you can earn interest. And you won't pay a penalty for late payment if you have it all paid by May 15th. If you, you, you can theoretically, by the way, I don't recommend this, delay filing your tax return if you're in those enumerated counties in California until May 15th. By the way, I don't recommend that. We can talk about why. Um, so so um, sometimes having taxes paid and done is emotionally palliative to you. So that if you owe 10,000 bucks in tax that you can delay paying until May 15, Yes, you can earn interest. Maybe you can earn $1,000 in interest. But one, you got to remember to do it on May 15th, by May 15th. And I wonder how many people will forget right. because life happens. Mm -hmm. and, and two, you may worry about it until May 15th because you don't want to forget and that will redirect your attention away from the business of living, earning, gathering, loving, being happy, because you're worried about your damn taxes. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it's not beneficial. I'll tell you a little secret. I paid my fourth quarter estimate. Even though it was substantial, I could have saved a lot of money. Does that make me a fool? Hell no. I've had a happy life. I'm doing okay. I'll survive. If I miss some of the interest, I will. And it's off my plate. Checked mm -hmm. off, done. I do not have to worry about it, Ryan. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a lot of a little bit of peace of mind there, just to know it is off the plate. And and Tony, you had mentioned that individuals can begin filing. I think the date you threw out was what January twenty third this year. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very, All right. So January twenty third, you can start filing then, and get and, your refund. Exactly. And Tony, I'm one of those guys too. I like to get it off my plate. I, I like to have it done, be done, and know that this daunting task for lack of a better word is complete but for those people out there whether they're like the two of us and they want to get it done or maybe they're not every now and then when it comes to tax season there are always going to be misconceptions and always going to be mistakes that people can make on their tax returns when they're filing so tony as we're kind of bringing the conversation ahead here today let's leave our audience with this are there any misconceptions? Are there any common mistakes, any of the don'ts that you can flag for our audience today saying, hey, before you start filing, before you and your business sit down to, to go through this process, keep these things in mind. Anything you can share with us? Yeah, I can I, I can think of a few things and, and this will be a bit of a ramble, but this whole podcast has been a bit of a ramble. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> um, okay, so... Number one, taxes do not go away. Ignoring your taxes is not going to put you in any better position five years from now than ignoring your taxes immediately. In fact, it'll put you in the worst position. So don't ignore it, number one. Number two, you don't have to be terribly organized to just put everything having to do with taxes in one place. So when it comes time for you to do it, or when it comes time for you to go to a tax preparer to do it, you have it all in a place. Next, don't expect your tax to do it all for you. The, the more time, if you would invest two or three hours in summarizing things and, and, and getting things kind of organized a little bit, um, it, it will make it easier for your organizer to do stuff. I'm going to tap this to see if I can turn it on again. There we go. And, and, um, and, and that would, that's a really important thing. Make it easy for the people that are helping you make it easy. Next, don't imagine your tax deductions. BSing on your tax return is probably not a smart thing. Um, do not try to deduct your haircuts or your clothes or the veterinary bill on your dog. Some people do. You do not want to be the one that gets picked on and, and, and have an example. I think the final thing is, is that if you hear a communication from a taxing authority, whether it's state or federal, answer it. Do not any envelope that says IRS or your state income tax agency do not throw in a pile, throw away. They do not go away. And just because they're disorganized, it doesn't mean someday it won't come and bite you in the butt. Pay attention to it. Many times 
the agency's wrong. They're dead wrong. But you want to put on record that you got it and you're telling them they're incorrect. I could go on and on and on, but I can see you yawning. Oh, hey, come on now. <laughs> no, Tony, that's such a fair point. It it can be so daunting when you get that thick folder of of a nice hefty stack of papers from the IRS. And I'll bet you it sits on your counter for a week before you actually open it and get into it. Uh, you know, you open it and get into it. Maybe you don't tell anybody in your family, your spouse, your business partner about it for a week. You know, it's easy for that to get pushed because it feels better to just not think about it sometimes. But I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. Just address it, just make a claim, go after whatever it is that they're asking. So that way, like you said, it's on yeah, record. And don't, and and don't throw away your receipts. Don't throw away right. your receipts. Put them in a big envelope. Put them in a big folder. Put them away. At the end of five years, if you don't need them, most of the time you can just dump them. But put it away. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you don't have to. It's not hard. It's really not hard. Yeah, agreed. And, and Tony, for, you know, we've covered a lot of different important items that people and business owners should be considering with, you know, filing tax season right around the corner. But for anybody out there, you know, maybe we struck a chord with them and maybe they're considering something for themselves or their business and it might help to open up a dialogue with, you know, a team of experts like yourselves. What would be the best way they could get in touch with your office? Like I said, to just open up a dialogue, see if there's a fit and, you know, just discuss the nuances that they're facing. Just go to the web. Oh, yeah. Go to the website, go beyond numbers.com. And, um, and then uh, uh, I'm sure there's a space to, to make an inquiry and we'll have someone from our office talk to you. And if we can help, we will. And if we can't help, Hopefully we'll have a referral source for you um, and and we're very happy to do it. I think that it's really important that we respond to people that reach out when they reach out and when they, they see a need. And and um, we're, we're very happy to kind of help guide people a little bit. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, thank you, Tony. And, and look, uh, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day. Uh, I know you've got a lot of clients, busy days ahead, of course. We'll let you get back to them. But uh, again, appreciate you being with me, and uh, I'll, I'll see you back here on the next one. Have a great one, Ryan. Thanks. Nice to see all of you or hear all of you listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you, Tony. And hey, look, like Tony just mentioned, we want to thank you, our audience, once more for jumping aboard, hanging out with us on the show today. If you took anything away from today's discussion, you benefited from it in any way, shape or form, or maybe we lit a fire under you to consider getting that, you know, that tax return filed sooner rather than later. Well, go ahead and subscribe to the show then on any platform of your choosing. That way you never miss out on future beneficial conversations between Tony, myself, and maybe one of our featured guests. You know, we've got some exciting guests queued up here later this year that we're really looking forward to having back and we'd hate to have you miss out on any of those fun conversations so for tony i'm ryan we're going to go ahead and say so long but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us here on go beyond numbers <laughs>